Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I believe that every good thing God wants to do in your life, everything that God has planned for your life, begins with one word, and that word is yes. There are very few ways people express the love of God through their yes better than adopting kids into their families, fostering kids through extremely difficult seasons. The people who foster, the people who adopt are true heroes. That's why here at Say Yes, we have taken the whole month of October to focus on telling amazing stories of people whose yes has created safety, love, family, and hope for kids. Listen, laugh, cry, and feel deeply as we enter into conversations with people from across the country whose yes to God has created space and home for others. Our sponsor this month is Foster 180. Foster 180 is a hand-holding nonprofit for families here in Lebanon, Tennessee. Foster 180 builds bridges of care by holding hands with families, care workers, kids, providing physical support like clothes and cribs, emotional support through training and walking alongside those people whose yes has led to fostering. Check them out at foster180.com and the link will be in each of your show notes. You can find Say Yes and Become on Spotify, Apple, and wherever podcasts can be found. And we would love it if you listen, follow, and like us. So get ready, grab your coffee, and step into the stories of yes. Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and we are excited about our guests today. Uh, They are longtime friends, close friends. Uh, We have journeyed together in life, in faith, in ministry, in friendship, and uh, they have a great story to share with us today. Uh, We believe everything that comes uh, to our lives uh, comes from the word yes. When we say yes to God, being his friend, getting close to him, and then joining him in what he wants done in people's lives around the world. Um, We just think that's the amazing way to do it. And uh, that's what God continues uh, to to invite us to. Uh, My friends, Dean and Debbie, uh, they have uh, said yes in a very unique way, in many ways, but in a very unique way. And since we are celebrating and making aware of the need for fostering and adopting kids uh, all throughout the whole month of October, uh, we've got guests every week who are simply telling their story of how yes to God uh, created home and space and safety for kids, young men, babies, uh, men and women, young boys and girls uh, whose life up to the, maybe up to that point didn't have any safety or actually just created future. And so, uh, Dean and Debbie, welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself however you choose to. Uh, you can even do it in a fake voice if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Leonard. That's really cool. Uh, Debbie asked me to do this part. So this is kind of typical of us. So anyway, but you'll hear from her, I promise. But uh, we we got married, uh, I think saying yes started at Bible college when we both arrived in the spring of 1978 at a little Bible college down in San Jose, California, and uh, found each other, got married about halfway through, which is a 41 and a half years ago. We just had our wow. 41st and a half ber- uh, wedding anniversary. Anyway, and in the meantime, we've been in ministry in multiple churches uh, Bay Area in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, and then up in Sacramento, which is where we go, came to know you mm-hmm. back in 90, 1990. So uh, wow. anyway, and then so we've been married through that whole thing. We had 
three children naturally and two by adoption. So we have five children and we have four now that are married with spouses and all that business. So that's a whole long story, which we don't need to get into. But anyway, uh, so we've said yes. A few grandchildren. And and four four (laughs) grandchildren that four grandchildren you can hold and one that's coming soon. So that we'll be able to hold that one too. So oh man. Yeah, that is uh that is a lot. And Debbie, the way your face lights up when you talk about grandchildren, uh, <laughs> there is there is a holy smugness to your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not it's not like it's not like prideful smugness. Yeah. It's a holy smugness that says yeah. we did that, and it keeps going. So, uh, Actually, congrats. We enjoy that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you don't have to. They're cool. Like, I know they are. I know they are. So um, well, they're also the best looking of all of all grandchildren. So uh, you know what? I just read there's, that uh, in the that. newspaper. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an article written by a guy named Dean Christ. Have you heard of him? Uh, <laughs> so um, our podcast is called CS and Become, and what we do, Dean and Debbie, is we take our time to unpack uh, to have conversations about what saying yes actually means. When we say yes to God, we're going to be close to you. We're going to listen to you. You're going to be the person that we follow and love. And then uh, we say, yes, God, we're going to join you in something you want done in this world. And uh, that could be pastoring a church. That could be loving your spouse. In this case, it's it's creating home for a couple of young men uh, when they were just babies. And I got to meet them when they were babies and hold them when they were babies. So we've we've seen this journey up close mm-hmm. and personal. Um, and so saying yes to God has shaped uh, your lives. And, uh, and so what I want to do is um, uh, let you guys go from broad to more specific, how saying yes to God has made a difference in both your lives, your marriage, maybe, and maybe just in uh, the expansion of your family. Mm-hmm. So take it away. Well, it started with um, a conversation with our three young children at one time, they were wondering how come they didn't have any more sisters or if they were going to have any more sisters or brothers. And so, um, I, because of, um, we, we were lucky to have three children because of some health issues I have. And, um, so that was not an option. And, um, so I just said, you know, I said, you know, if we have any more children, it's going to have to come from the Lord. And so we just started praying about it. And, um, so the kids would every once in a while ask about it. It's like, should we pray about that? So we did, you know, <laughs> and uh, I had told Dean and, and I had told the Lord too. I said, you know, I, and I, I, I just always had a sense that our family wasn't complete mm-hmm. and, but we were content. Right? right. And so I do remember privately just saying, you know, Lord, if there's a child out there that needs our love, you know, you're just going to have to bring them to us. And I said, and this is where in light of Zach's situation, it got a little bit, um, a little more personal for me because I did say, um, even if it be for a little while, mm. and those words came back to me, uh, during that long year. And, uh, I, you know, I, I did have to remind the Lord that he probably knew my heart better than I did at that time and what it really meant, <laughs> but, yeah. but at any rate, <laughs> so we, we just put it up to the Lord and, and, you know, so we just, and you know, it wasn't a you know, big deal, but it was just like, Lord, if you, 
you know, if, if you're going to do something, it's not going to be us going out and knocking on doors or going to an adoption agency or anything like that. It's just going to have to be however you orchestrate this. And that's mm. really where we left it. That's how it started. Hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, in the spring of, two, of 1992, uh, out of the blue, got a phone call from uh, a colleague and another a youth pastor at another church that I had known well. Uh, and he said, uh, hey, I know this is kind of a crazy question, but he said, would you and Debbie be, ever be interested in adopting a baby? And I said, yes. And he said, well, don't you want to pray about that? And I said, well, I think you're the answer to the prayer that this is, mm-hmm. we're past that. This has already been prayed for. You're answering it up. So that led to then a gathering. And it was a young woman who had been in the youth group at within his youth ministry uh, who had become a young adult, but it was a lady that we knew, or I knew from the many years we had done things together. And so uh, we got reconnected and uh, we had several visits and kind of established that this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And that was, uh, at that point, she was still just a few months along. She had, mm-hmm. It wasn't long after she found out that she was pregnant, but uh, she didn't have a man in her life. Uh, Zach's birth father, who was uh, wanting to be a father. So yeah. she was looking for alternatives and she was not wanting to abort him. Mm. Yeah, so, so that's why she went looking for help. Wow. You know, can I um, uh, pick up on two, two words that Debbie said, two phrases. One is had to be from the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. I know your story uh, really well. We lived it together as friends and mm-hmm. brothers. We did. Um, one of the things that people believe all the time is if it's from the Lord, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you guys said it had to be from the Lord, that instantly turned you into stewards of whatever the Lord would hand you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can say personally, uh, I've watched you do that and do it well. Um, those boys that God did bring you, you have stewarded their lives and their love very, very mm-hmm. well. And I think it comes back to that sentence. God, it just has to be from you. We're going to receive and steward whatever you give us. Um, and then the second thing was uh, when you told God, even if it's for a little while, uh, but he knows your heart. Um, Debbie, I think uh, uh, I think if I could put that in my own words, um, you're willing to offer forever love, even if it's only for today. Uh, and... Uh, and we get every day to offer a forever love every single day. That's good. And uh, I see that in you. And so just fun to hear that part and to hear those nuanced phrases that you guys are using because it's really giving you depth and layer to the story uh, 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 of two amazing young men. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. so now you, you, you bring in uh, your first son and, uh, uh, your first adopted son and um, everything from that place point on was uh, kittens and puppies, right? For a while. <laughs> I mean, the story, the for story, almost two years. Yeah, yes. for, yeah. Everything went smoothly. We thought, but uh, what, there's a lot of cool stuff we could talk about all of that. Um, the morning, the day that uh, the first, and, and both of the, both of the boys, the, the evening of their coming to our home, our, Mm-hmm. Sorry. There is something amazing about 
about a woman who loves their children so much that they would be willing to let someone else have them because they know it's better for the child. That's just mind boggling to, to be the recipient of that gift. Not once, but twice has just been overwhelming. It, it overwhelms me still to think about it. Yeah. yeah. And these relinqu- the moments of relinquishment were powerful times, incredible mm. times. So wow. uh, and we got to go through that twice and enjoy that moment. In two very different ways, but yes. I, I actually have said many times, I, I'm not sure I've never had to be in that position, but I, I, I've said many times that I'm not sure I would have been that selfless to mm. just, you know, be able right. to, to entrust someone else to take over when I couldn't. Yeah. So. Wow. You know, you described something I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, we honor the families who adopt uh, and we fail to honor the moms or dads who say, listen, I, I'm going to give away what I love mm-hmm. as an act of love. Oh my goodness. It's mind, a mind boggling yeah. idea. It's heart wrenching. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for drawing our attention to that. Cause I think we fail to pray for those parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we fail to acknowledge them. And that's so mm-hmm. powerful. You know, as we've turned our attention all month long, mm-hmm to the concept or to the idea, to the action of fostering and adopting. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for that. So you say for two years, it went great. Uh, Is there any kids, the kids welcomed him, you know, it was amazing. Just every, you know, just the, the love and attention. And um, when we got close to naming him, um, Ryan came to us, our oldest son and said, Hey mom, all of our, all of our names have an R in it. It's like, Whoa, you know, of course we, you know, we're, we're being trying to be very careful about, you know, all the little family traditions we have and all the fun things that, you know, we've done with the kids, you know, to, to, you know, usher that in, you know, with Zach also at the time, you know, but we, so the one thing that we did with his name is so then we, when uh, Patty wanted us to name him, and so wanted us. And so she said, I don't care what you do. She goes, just, I want to know what his name is. And so we, we kind of talked about it and decided that we wanted her to be, to like the name. <laughs> and so, and then Ryan came back and he goes, no, mom, all our names have a R and a Y. It's like, whoa, wow. And Dina going, how do you do that? Name three kids. And you do, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Us. It just happened. Right. So then it was like very apparent that kids were like, oh, we have to have an R and a Y name. And so anyway, we, we, uh, um, we came up with the name and Dean would take it over and she would kind of hem and haw like, uh, it's okay. All right. But we could just tell she wasn't too excited about it. And then we kind of went back to the name thing again and, you know, throw out, you know, any, you know, you know how you do it. You throw out names that are somebody in the family's already in that name or don't really like that name. Cause it's got a bad connotation or blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So we did this several times. And so Dean would take a neighbor name over to her and, she would just kind of like, eh, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> she's in labor and she's, she called me when the day she goes, she goes, Dean said he was going to bring me another name, but I'm in labor right now. I'm in the hospital. Uh-huh. So, oh, so I, I sit in the chair and pull up this, you know, the most popular hundred names in 1993. I'm going, Oh, so do you like this name? And so by, by this time, R and Y is, like not even on the table anymore, like don't even care, you know, right? And so I get from A to Zachary. And she goes, all of a sudden she said, you like Zachary? And was like, yeah, that's a great name. We And we'd 
looked at that name, but I have a cousin who's got a Zachary. So, you know, how you throw the a thousand names, you'll try to get down to one. Right. And so anyway, I could tell she was loving that name. Mm. So Zachary, Samuel Christ, we named him Samuel yeah. because of, I'll let Dean tell you that. <laughs> when he stops crying here. Yeah. So well, <laughs> I, I, so Zachary was once once we got something that she was really excited about, then uh we that was his his first name. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's named after two prophets, and uh at his baby dedication, uh Mike Cook, who was our pastor there in Sylvan Oaks in, in Sacramento, noted that fact and um that these names are meaningful. Uh if you remember Samuel, God's remembered. Right. And, and Zach, I think, is God has spoken. And these things were spoken over. Mm. But God's right. He was, he's remembered the promise. And and as we as I reflect back on that, it's amazing how these things in the years that in the especially those first few years, we went through so much trouble to to uh, secure his adoption for life. Right. And mess that we went through and these these things rang in our head like reminding us um you know as i, I wrote down one of the notes today as we never never stop believing um but grief and fear are very palpable things yeah and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether you trust god it has everything to do with this is just what's going on right. and the reality that uh which we haven't touched on it it's not important to go into all the details but the fact that we went through a year of of litigation when he was two to uh and possibly i mean lived with the possibility for a year that he might be taken away Hmm. was was just overwhelming um overwhelming sometimes but it wasn't about not trusting god there was always something i mean i think even if we were sitting here having this conversation and we had lost him it would not have changed our sense of understanding god or believing god it just would have left us with a mystery yeah why did that happen yeah and Hmm. then yeah. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Oh. But even in that moment, you know, the kids were excited that yeah. the R and the Y. And so he we followed yeah. that tradition through all five of our kids. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it mattered to them. It mattered to them. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fun because um you're describing you're describing uh, another nuance or aspect of uh of adoption and uh, we've had other guests uh, tell this as well, is that it's it's a big it's bigger than two people. It's a family. Oh yeah. And right. the more you involve the family, you know. And I I watch your uh, I watch your other kids. Um, they love these two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Absolutely. a like well you're 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 adopted. You're, it is like oh no you're special because <laughs> we were a part of it. Um, and that is a gift that you two have given to them, both both adopted boys as well as uh, your other three kids that uh, were natural birth. Yeah, um, that's a beautiful thing, and it reminds me of the it reminds me of the sentence in the Bible that how the angels rejoice when one person comes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you got to see that fleshed out with three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that model of angels rejoicing. Now I know you're the three kids, and they're not angels. Um, <laughs> you know, I would I would say this too, Leonard. Almost. We, Come we, on. We also <laughs> learned we also Almost. learned about faith from our kids. <laughs> yes. In that because yeah. they were they especially the older two, but even even uh, I mean even our youngest Tyler was already five when this all started. They were all old enough 
to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And there were times when they were the ones that were reminding us Mm. that God was faithful and pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's really great. Um, And so in your story here, uh, Zachary comes and you spend a year in litigation. Um, uh, Yeah. Things started to unravel uh, before he turned to Mm-hmm. And uh, we had we had been been convinced that the way to do this because we were in the ministry, you don't have a lot of extra money, right? Yeah. So, oh, you can do that. You can do all the legal work yourself. And we left an open loophole that we didn't know about. And and then um, we don't need to go into all the all the nuances of how it all happened and what came down. But basically, um, there were members of his birth dad's family who wanted him mm-hmm. to be returned, and so he had a, a brother who who, by the way, I will add, if he ever hears this, has always been an upstanding man. I've never thought, I mean, I've always been impressed by his integrity, but he was heartbroken to find out that there was a nephew out there that he had never known. It had been Mm. kept from them. Their whole family did not know about this. And so when it came out, they hired an attorney and uh, we had a meeting and he, and he said, well, it's time for you to give give him back. And we said, we can't. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so it ended up in litigation for, and from the time that came in the fall of 94 through the fall of 95, there was this heaviness that hung yeah. over our lives and there was a dread. And, the, and every time the mail was delivered or there were process servers, things, the experiences we'd never had. Yeah. I've never been in, you know, I think in one of those things and what I was always laughed about when I was a kid or when I was growing up a young adult, you know, two places you never want to go to the hospital and the courtroom and I've uh, been enough ho- hospitals now, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I have, I just, we, we learned everything you need to know about uh, the legal system thing and the things you hope you never have to learn. Right. Uh, it was pretty rough as again, you, you live that out with us. So, yeah. you know how it went and it would be up and down and up and down. Uh, with this always this pall of worry that at the end of all of it, they would take him away. But at every turn, God did provide the best help possible. That's right. I mean, when you're going through stuff like that, you, you don't know anything because you're not, that's not your world. You know, you just, Mm -hmm. we're just, you know, doing our thing, raising kids, you know, Dean's working at the church. We're, you know, homeschooling, we're, you know, doing all the fun family stuff you know you don't think about that stuff but when when things got crazy there was just people that god brought in and out of our lives that um the lady we had a lawyer she was great but she was also somebody in the beginning that said this is out of my my wheelhouse i this is not i'm this is way past me and so she didn't just hire she didn't just give us somebody she gave us the the lady that was her reputation was the best in the United States to do this. The, attorney, this the attorney that she got for us. Yes. And, and just, you know, as things, I mean, even that was big, but it was, but it was not something that we, you know, we could have done on our own. It was God leading people in and out of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when sometimes we <laughs> needed a break, there was just somebody there, you know? Yeah. You know, whatever it was, you know, sometimes it was just, you know, somebody coming to visit. It could be just somebody, you know, taking the kids. We had some really good friends of ours during that time that, you know, took the kids from time to time to give us a breather, just to kind of be able to talk through things, kind of, you know, you don't live it out in front of your kids. We did, but not 
not the nasty stuff, not the hard stuff, you know, sure. the stuff that we had to stop and think clearly about to make the next decision. Because through that time, you know, you're making decisions every day, but you're ha- you have to trust God to order your steps so that you end up where you need to be. And mm. he's got to be he's got to be walking you through all that because you can't, you can't even know. You just need to, you know, that's going to end somewhere somehow, but you don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. So you got to trust that. And we did do a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, we got together every Monday morning early and drank a pot of coffee or two and prayed and, you know. Now that wasn't Debbie. Debbie doesn't do mornings. No, that was no, you. And I. No. Well, and, and and you know, I know that uh, I know that um, uh, I can't even think of how many times we prayed for that. Yeah, yeah. Prayed for the right people and yep. prayed for the uh, for the right uh, uh, resources and yeah. prayed for the kids and prayed for Zach and prayed for uh, the birth mom and 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 the. <laughs> and the birth father's families and yeah. for, for justice to reign. And, and we, we, we prayed, we prayed the heck out of it. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, watching that thing unfold. Um, is there a sentence from the Bible that was extra meaningful to you during that time that you get? Yeah, Debbie is ready for you. She's got a, <laughs> I'm ready. She, she was hoping you'd ask. <laughs> so if I ever get to see Don Mullen, he literally got us through that. I am mm. not joking you. Integrity music, I'm yes. sure, was in place by God for us during that year. But we had this one tape, this one VCR this tape. Back that, in the days of VCR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we listened to, we put the kids to bed and we would sit there and cry through it. I, I'm sure it was nearly every night. We wore it out. We literally yeah. wore it out. But in James, I love James. And there's a verse in there and, and says, uh, if anyone of you is in trouble, he should pray. If anyone's happy, let him sing songs of praise. If anyone of you is sick, call the elders. And, and that, and verses like that, you know, uh, God will make a way. That was Don Mullen's song at the time. And that was, <laughs> that was, that was what got us through. Song, that too. was it, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. Dean, so, if I like start I singing that right now, is that going to move you? <laughs> well, just just as you know, as I told you before we started, uh, just reliving this the last few days, Deb and I have gone over it a few times to make sure we remembered everything. And uh, I just get all messed up again. But it's yeah. mainly because of the faithfulness mm-hmm. of God and God's people. I mean, I think you remember when, again, I speak at a Mike, uh, Mike Cook, our pastor at the time, and I was associate pastor out of the blue one Sunday morning, he stands up and he says, Hey, um, they're, they're going under financially. We got to help them. Now this is back in, you know, 19. We we were living on $50 a week for food. Yeah. On our food budget. Yeah. For food and everything. It was, we were just scraping and we were taking money out of a, out of a, account that we had set aside that we had borrowed for uh, working on the house and all this money. And so where are we going to go anyway? So Mike stands up and he says, we got to give these folks a hand. Now, remember, this is 1990s. So you think about how much money was this represents today. Uh, were you around at that time, Leonard? I don't I know was. if you remember. We were actually at church that day. But but anyway, the next Sunday, one week later, $17,000. Yeah. And, and, that, and that put us back above water. 
I mean, we were the, the, the final bill was somewhere around 43 or 44,000 by the time it was all said and done. But that was that was another one of those times when you just are stunned by people's kindness. Yeah. It just what? How does how who do, who gets to do this? Who gets yeah. to live that story? Yeah. Who gets to yeah. be cared for by hundreds of people, the congregation who really took it to heart? And, um, and I could go on and on. I mean, I know like there is a this wonderful lady whose name is Janet. Who uh, who has been a dear friend of ours since these days, and uh, Janet was she she was not a person of means. It was truly a widow's might, and Janet gave money that day yeah. for us. It was is something else. So anyway, so we saw that was just one example of hundreds of times when we yeah. were cared for by the people of God, and and others really. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, we we got to we got to be a part of that. Uh, Marley yeah. and I did, and that was such a a joy. Uh, because where one of us, one person couldn't, all of us could, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just another yeah. picture of, of how God makes things happen, you yeah. know, um, and such a beautiful thing. Um, uh, I love that scripture out of James, by the way, that is such a, uh, if any of you is in trouble, right. Pretty simple, isn't it? Straightforward. It's like it's almost we, like we it's took wisdom. that one to the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we prayed that one a lot. So yeah. So Dean, was there any scripture that jumped out to you, or is that kind of the one that you gravitated to as well? I can't say. I didn't. I did not have not thought. Debbie had several that she had thought that you know this was important to to remember, and she remembered. I can't remember that. Yeah. I, I lived a lot of that in the fog. So well, I you know. Isn't that kind of cool that her memory? Yeah, uh, she had another one out of Isaiah. She quoted to me just before yeah, we went true. on, and anyway, and I, I didn't remember that. I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love that." Um, yeah. so here you are. You're in the midst of this journey, um, and uh, obviously everything turned out well. Um, and uh, is there any any part of the story now that you look back on that you'd say? Uh, this provided an opportunity for someone else to say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we just talked about 17,000 yeses. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it, you know, I don't know if this has anything to do with you, but it has, it had something to do with, with our son, Garen. Mm-hmm. Um, after that. Who is the, the, the second adoption? Our second. Five our, years our, later. Our, yeah. Our fifth. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was a, that was that that year with Zach was very traumatic. We had one time we had to leave town because there was a threat of kidnapping. And so we mm. lived it all. We lived a lot of really crazy life trying to keep four kids, you know, normal life, life through that, yeah. you know, but um, it was really interesting when it was all over, you know, we, they did, they did uh, file an appeal and which was unusual um, because they had lost um, after the initial trial, after yeah. the initial two day trial, they did, you know, obviously they lost, but they did file a, um, uh, uh, an appeal. We went through the appeal. That was a lot less traumatic. It was just, you know, going to the, through the appeals court. But, uh, after that was over, it was, like I said, we kind of went back to, you know, you know, just everything kind of almost one day was, it was just over. It was amazing. But I still had a feeling that, our family wasn't complete. And yeah. I would, everyone's, 
he would say, I ain't going to do that again. I'm not going to go through that. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. And I, I told him one time, I said, you know, I said, uh, this was about four and a half or more years into this, this situation being, being done. And I, I said, you know, I said, I think you're, I think you're the one holding God back here. Mm. I said, <laughs> so, you know, no big deal, but just, you know, well, that's not that. Okay. I'm going to, I'll tell the story the way it really happened because that, that wasn't the only time she said that. And then she told me, she told me one morning, um, she said to me, do you, not only do you realize that you're the, you are the roadblock. She said, because me and all four of the kids now are, I've been praying for this. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just, no, I'm not doing this, you know? So she, so I'm going out the door and this is the timeline. Okay. I'm going out the door in the morning. She gives me a kiss. She says one more time. I just want to remind you, you know, you're the, you're, you're what's holding this thing. It's up. just once in a while. I said that because I had it, it was on my heart, but this right. particular day is very important. It's yes, just the first true. of January of 1990. Let me see. Get it right. Yeah. 97. Yeah. Let me know. 98. Anyway. So yeah, January 98 and I'm going out the door. Yeah. Yeah. So you, of course, you know, the geography of Sacramento there. Yes. In winter, but, so about mid, middle of the day, this is back before we had Amazon. I had to drive down to the Christian bookstore in downtown Sacramento, about a 25-minute drive. So I'm going right past the golf course there at I-80 and Biz 80, right? Right. right. About 12.30. And uh, I remember this so vividly because of what happened later in the day. So it's it's like the Lord lays it on to me. You're the, you're the deal. So I finally said out loud in the car by myself, I guess I could do that again. 3.30 that afternoon, the phone rings. <laughs> and it's it's our friend, Andy Spurgeon. Yes. And he says this at three hours later. He says, uh, hey, I know you did this once before. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And, and I said, yeah. And he goes, well, would you be interested in doing it again? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Anyway, I said, yes. He goes, well, the baby's already been born. And he's been in foster care since on a temporary foster care. We've been looking for just the right family. And I told, I told uh, this little gal, she's 15 year old girl about you guys. And she's interested and she'd like to talk to you about it. Mm. It was ridiculous. It was so Uh, great. Man. The thing is, I, the thing about that story, it's kind of funny, but is that sometimes things happen in life. It's just once in a million, it's just one in a million things. It's like, You can't just say, well, it happened once, it's going to happen again. If God's going to be there, he's going to, he's going to take care of it. And you know what, even though that was a horrendous time of our life, you know what, God saw us through it. We, we moved on and there was still a stirring that, that our family was not complete. And Mm. so it was the same prayer. It's like, Lord, this is totally got to be up to you again. And so we prayed once in a while. It wasn't a big deal. It's not like we talked about all the time, but just, there was just something kind of in the background, like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't think God's done here. Mm. And so then that conversation, and then of course, then that after that evening, and then we got together um, mm. the next evening. And of course, Dean said to me, he says, you know, we learned a lot yeah. with Zach. So he said, he said, I'm going to be pretty straightforward how this is going to have to go. Right. And I said, all right. So we got together with, um, um, the family the next night and Dean got to say everything that he needed to say and they went home. And, well, and Debbie was concerned that I was so straightforward that I had put them off. Like they would probably decide no. Well, no, it was like, 
like if yeah. it was meant to be, it was meant well, to yeah, be. I mean, if she, God was said, in this, were, it was going to happen. No, but no. I said, I did tell him, I said, well, you did lay it out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is, um, the next night they got a, we got a call back and they said, you know what? The two little gal, two, uh, the, two, the two little kids that, that had um, Garen were 15 and 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, they decided that we were exactly what they were waiting for. <laughs> and they had, they had chosen Garen was um, at that point, he was, he was uh, four weeks old. They had picked a family out before he was, um, born to, to adopt him. Mm-hmm. And they, he, Garen was born birth parents in the room. Everything was, you know, moving forward as it, you know, was supposed to as apparently at that time. And after he was born, they both had a sense that the, it was not the right, the parents, the parents, yeah. the two kids mm-hmm. had, had a sense that mm-hmm. it was not supposed to go like that. And so mm-hmm. instead of letting this other family adopt Garen, they chose to put him in Christian foster care and was looking for wow. the right family. And so all that to say is no matter what, God still is going to be there. You know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, and he opened the door again for us to have, um, Garen. And so mm-hmm. we, we, we waited uh, 10 days yeah. Yeah. from that second, that first call and 10 days, 10 days only because they, at 15 and 16, this, these two kids wanted to have a relinquishment service that included both of their families and the adoptive uh, foster care family. Mm. So it took 10 days for everybody that was important to them to get together, to be there, to give him to us. Yeah. It, it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. And again, our friend Andy, who had made the phone call, he officiated at this very, very precious ceremony. Wow. It was wow. really cool. Yeah. You know, that is. Uh... Took its place at the home of the adopting, of the uh, foster care mom, who was another incredibly special lady. But mm. if you trust God, he's going to get you through no matter what. Yeah. Right, right. No matter what he brings in your life, he's going to, he's going to get you through it. And, right. and you would have thought that after the thing that we went through with Zach, that there would have been no way, but well, I would, that's what I thought. I know <laughs> Dean did think that, but, <laughs> but, yeah. but again, I, you know, you, you just have to, you know, we did rely on him yep. through that. And Absolutely. so it was easy to just say, okay, Lord, you know, we've seen you work, you know, you'll, you'll yeah. do this if it's the right thing. And if it isn't, you know, and, and if you're not the one pushing anything, it's easy to just say, yeah. all right, yeah. whatever. Bring it on. <laughs> so, sure. Anyway. So, and yes, we've been, we've been, you know, beyond blessed with those two kiddos. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. They're, they're now 24 and 29 years old. These yeah. two boys. Hmm. Yeah. Probably wouldn't change a thing. Uh, about having them in your life. Would you? No, no. Yeah. Um, I had this uh, overactive imagination, Debbie. So um, I usually have to ask a lot of forgiveness. She's aware of that. <laughs> um, that's, not, that's not a newsflash. As you guys are telling this story, I have this image of, of you walking Dean to the door and you've got your, your robe on and your slippers and you lean out to kiss him. And I, there's the kiss. And, oh, by the way, Tiger, yeah, <laughs> don't forget you're the roadblock. I, I always tell Dean if he if he wanted a boring life, he wouldn't have married me. That's right. Uh, uh, Lord knows. Oh man, <laughs> I'm I'm way more adventurous than he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so great. That image just came to my head, and I was like, 
Oh yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly it how is. I can imagine that happening. So um, it, it is, yeah. So when you oh. guys are trusting God through this journey, uh, there's a sentence from the Bible that you shared. Were there any Bible stories that you go, these people, their story in scripture, it, it just uh, or even looking back today, going, man, that's the story that really cements this trusting God thing. Um, the one, the one for me, of course, has already kind of been referenced, mm -hmm. and that's I cannot read the story of Hannah mm. without mm -hmm. lose. Well, I lose it anyway. It happens a lot, but but that one, that story overwhelms me, and then it ended up being his middle name, and um, and there's a good reason for that. But that story is such the story that we had lived in a, in some ways that, and then her willingness to just say, okay, now you you said yes, Lord, so. Yeah. I'll give him back like I promised. And, and, mm -hmm. and I look back and I can remember you know, walking that road. And, um, and, and I know we actually have been through a, a heartache over adoption with our daughter mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a loss of children that we, the, the other, it happened the other way. It didn't work out the way that we had all hoped and tore our hearts out again. That happened about seven or well, about nine years ago now or 10, but um <sighs> It is that story of Hannah is so profound because there was such a willingness to say, God, whatever you want, I'm yeah. just, here, I'm just here to help. Tell me what we're doing and I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the story of Hannah is always such a um, moving story for me as well. Um, partly because of how desperation is the parchment upon which God writes some pretty amazing stories. Yeah, you know, yeah. when we're sitting there in front of God going, God, this is totally beyond our, our pay grade. It's totally beyond our control. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough energy. We don't have enough lawyer. We don't have enough wisdom. Yep, yep. And God begins to take that desperation and go, oh, by the way, I've got all of that in abundance. And he yeah. starts writing a story uh, that, um, you know, and I don't know how, how Zach or, or Garen hear these stories. Um, but I do know that they know they're loved mm -hmm. um, because that's what these stories tell them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When, when Zach, excuse me, when uh, Garen was uh, Garen, we've had two spectrums of um, family involvement. Um, Zach's Zach's family is not really involved in his life. And um, Garen's is on the other scope of the spectrum where his his uh, mom and grandmother has been very involved throughout his whole life. Dad, he's kind of moved on, but he's, he's been there for all the important things and it's a very positive. Um, and his mother also is very positive in nature. And so it's been, you know, kind of one on each side. And in fact, Zach, every once in a while, a little jealousy there in a way, but you know, but he, he would just say, does he not understand how good he has it that his, mm. you know, his other family is involved yeah. and, you know, but, you know, and Zach did, you know, when he was, it just, it just was very different circumstances, yeah. but, um, but anyway, all that to say, just, just when Zach's mother finally got married, um, he was 16. And so Garen's mother, Garen's mother, I'm sorry. When he was 16, she called and said, would you have him? you know, come to my wedding. And I said, well, 
I will ask him if he would like to come. And if he would like to come, then we will make sure that, you know, that he is there, but that would be at this point in life, this is his decision to make. Mm -hmm. And so he, he thought about it for a while and decided he wanted to go. And, um, so, so he and I went down and, um, it was, it was a time where we all weeped and, and the, their whole family weeped and all their friends weeped because a lot of these people had walked her through this at such a young age and to see him grown up and, and having him there, you know, it was just, it was just a healing time yeah. and, and, and have a lot of respect for his or her new husband to actually put up with this yeah. on his big day. But yeah. it was just a momentous time um, for healing in that family. Um, but the one thing that, um, that Garrett, that bothered him was that, um, that they had said, you know, called Katie, you know, his mom. And he goes, he's, she's not, she's my mo birth mother, but she's not my mom. And, mm. and, um, you know, so he had to kind of work through that a little bit, but, but, um, and it was good, but it was, it was such a, it was a picture of grace. It was a picture of grace, but yeah, also just amazing. unconditional love. I mean, just, you know, adoptive kids have, they have other people in their lives and it's, and it's beautiful when mm. it can be like that, when they can, they can know him and love him and, you know, yeah. and, and not have those kind of open sores that, that of misunderstanding or, yeah. or not knowing yeah. that sometimes adoptive kids have. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, a word that as you're telling that story, Debbie, that comes to mind is uh, the word generosity um, and the generosity that you guys demonstrated uh, because, uh, trust and generosity go together. And, uh, you, because you were trusting God, you were also generous with Garen, um, mm -hmm. because you didn't have to, mm -hmm. you know, in fact, I think about the risk you took, uh, doing that. Uh, I mean, you'd already gone through something so traumatic that it caused Dean to say, nope. Yeah, uh, and and your response to that was not to be so protective that uh, you hoarded him, but to be so trusting that you were generous. Uh, well, you have to get to the point where you realize that what you've invested is going to be enough. Yeah, it's going to be enough. Yeah. So, and I think for their well-being, it's best. You know, it's yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. What what have you both learned about? Um, uh, this is a twofold question. In fact, we're going to pause for just a few seconds and take a break for um, for our uh, Foster One Eighty sponsor to drop in a word here. But when we come back, uh, what have you two learned about uh, your faith and about each other's faith? Mm -hmm. Um, in this journey. So uh, listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back. Hi there. My name is Ethan Fields and I serve as the family support director for Foster 180. At Foster 180, we recognize the need for family support and believe it is an important piece in order for us to love the children and families in our community well. Included in that support is a wide range of classes we teach to better equip biological parents, foster parents, 
churches, and RAB teams. Some of those classes consist of providing proactive parenting tools, trauma-informed care, RAP team trainings, and more. We often do this in a group setting, but they can be done in individual settings based on need as well. Another avenue of support we offer is assisting foster families with the materials they need during a placement in their home. This can be an extremely challenging time in the early days of the placement, and our goal is to take just one more item off your plate to help lighten the load. This could be providing a car seat, crib, stroller, or packs of diapers, or even items such as toys, books, and clothes. We want to be a resource to assist these foster families in our community in order for them to be able to be as effective and supported as they possibly can be. Hey, we're back. We're talking with Dean and Debbie, uh, Chris, about uh, adoption and fostering and their story. Um, And the question I asked before we went to break was, what have they learned about their own faith and about each other's faith in this journey of adoption twice, uh, two different stories, two different pathways, um, same outcome, uh, two amazing young men get to be loved by by parents and siblings and find a place that's called home. Um, but what did, what have you guys learned about, first of all, your own faith in this journey? How has this, yes, shaped your faith? And then second of all, uh, you got to watch each other. Uh, you got to see each other's faith Um, what have you learned there? So take it away. It's just one day at a time. Really, for me, it's just getting up every day and walking through the day with the Lord and letting him guide you through it. Yep. We make decisions every day that affect tomorrow and next year. And and I, I pray all the time that God would just order our steps you know, and uh, if I think too much about tomorrow, then I don't live today very well. Mm. So it's yeah. just, I try to just do one day at a time. Mm. Man, I love he's that. Just, he's just steady all the way through. <laughs> can, can I interject something there, Debbie? Sure. Um, that is, that is what I call sage wisdom. Uh, people who have not lived with God, don't know how to have that answer. Um, but because you have, because you've seen his faithfulness, because you trusted him for his faithfulness, uh, you find contentment in saying, this is what I have today. So I'm going to trust him today. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's the kind of wisdom that comes from experience, not just life experience, but truly experience with Jesus. Um, that's that's sage wisdom. And so I think everybody hearing that can recognize that. But I think it's also just worth pointing out that um, that's faith that has been forged, not faith that has been, uh, it's not faith from a heritage. That is faith Boy, from a forge. Yeah. So thank you for that answer. Dean, try and top that. Well, here's, I'm not going to top it. I'm going <laughs> to say, here's, here's something that I, my life, um, even up through our early married life, having three kids, we were blessed. I, I really had very little trauma in my life. But I look back prior to this, and one of the things I came away realizing is that I had kind of a silver spoon in my mouth in a in such a. I mean, I had good family growing up and all that, 
And uh, I hadn't been, I mean, solid, a lot of, you know, my mom and dad just had their 68th wedding anniversary mm-hmm. Sunday. That's the kind of family I grew up in, that kind of solid, it's all there. So when I, when we came out the other end of Zach's adoption, we'd been through all this, just felt like hell sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is an observation that I made, and that was simply this. Um, I used to think that life was great and things were good. And once in a while you had trouble. And now I believe since that happened, I, this is the way I live. Life is trouble. And once Messy. in a while, once in a while, you get granted a season of grace. And when you do, you should, you should get all over that and just indulge in it and love on that. When you get a little season of peace, things go well, you really like it, uh, get in it. And I think you even used to talk about splashing around the puddle yeah. of grace. That's what I think. That if you realize that life is messy and hard and difficult a lot, um, it sure helps you appreciate when you get a season when things are good. Mm. And and it helps you also to sustain you through the hard times to realize this is actually how life really is. It's hard. Yeah. 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 I love that. And Dean, I know this about you is that um, uh, your faith was always stronger when you kept your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, you would look at him and go, well, I have what I need to make this decision to go an extra step, to do what I need to do, to be teachable to, to whatever the life situation is. And, um, uh, I saw you do that, uh, a thousand times over, mm-hmm. uh, and just going to put my eyes right there. That's, that's yeah. what I'm going to see right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and there is a difficulty in this world. Uh, but when you live out the most practical way of discipling somebody, that's to make them your own <laughs> and bring them into your home yeah. and to love them in the name of Jesus in such a way that makes them family. Um, boy, that is the that is the epitome of following Jesus. And I got to see you do that wow. in so many ways. So what did you learn about each other's faith that you go, man, this is something about uh my wife's or my husband's faith that um, <laughs> was needed. And I know that's not a question that was on the list, No, uh, but now you're recording. So, Hey, <laughs> no, I, I'll go first because um, I would just say this has been this, this uh, since then, I mean, remember this is, this all started. I mean, Zach's adoption started, what almost 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to be turning 30 this year at Christmas time. And um, I, I didn't even know. I had no idea how strong Debbie was. And I knew I had married well. I mean, that was a, that was kind of a joke with my dad and I that, that I had married up. And um, it wasn't really a joke. It was just the reality. But, but that's when um, yeah, lesser, lesser women have folded mm. under such pressure or have made decisions that were uh, lacked integrity yeah. Or, I mean, there's, and I'm, and I, and I'm not picking on any woman that's made those kind of calls, but I mean, we have, we have worked with families that have come unglued in these messes and, and um, things that, that they would later be ashamed of were decisions were made. And that's not how, that's not how Deb handled this mm. upright every day and the rightness of understanding the principles that were involved as well as what was yeah. at stake. Yeah. yeah. And of course, by the time that Garen came along, 10 days from the moment that I said yes till boom. Um, and, and that, and that also was just another example of, 
of how uh, Deb had already been way out in front of me on that. And I admit that openly. I mean, the kids and Deb were all for them praying and I'm, I'm still like, no, no, no. So uh, she was leading them quietly in prayer for another baby. So anyway, I've been a little bit uneasy for years after that. I always had that uneasiness. Like, are you thinking that again? <laughs> but I guess not. So anyway. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm praying that prayer again. Hi-ya! You're, you're going to get another kiss in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the yeah. way. Right. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Debbie, okay. what, what did you learn about uh, Dean's faith in this journey? Dean is just steady. He's just steady. I don't think he ever... I mean, once we were committed, whatever we ever get committed to, whatever we're committed to, he's just steady the whole time, you know, you know, sometimes a little blip, you know, up or down, but it's yeah. pretty steady. You know, the one thing we both learned, I think, is uh, a little bit more about unconditional love. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, relationships are more important than anything. Your kids, yeah. your, your family, friends, you know. We, we get, we've got to this age and we're rich in relationships with yeah. people. It's yeah. not about money and stuff. And we got a lot of crap, but, but you know, <laughs> I mean, at the end, nothing matters except right. relationship, you know, yeah, and people you love and the people we love and, you know, our kids, you know, I always tell them they're on my short list, you know, cause I'd do anything for, I'd take a bullet for them. I'd take a bullet for my friends, but boy, if you're on my short list, I mean, right. that is, I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you, right. but part of it's just a commitment that you make. And, and also it's just learning who they are. You know, we're all different. You know, one of the things I always, you know, tell people is, you know, become a student of those you love, you know, yeah. we're all different. We all have, you know, all, you know, we have five kids and they're all so different. I mean, just, in every way. I mean, some of them, there's some, a lot of similarities, but they're just, they are on a different path and, you know, yeah. God's got, you know, them doing stuff that we could only dream of, you know? And mm -hmm. so if you can be the biggest cheerleader for them and just love them, no matter what, we don't always agree on everything, but we choose yeah. to live on and come together on the things that we do agree with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that's been, you know, having them is just maybe just, I don't know. I can't say, cause I'm not, you know, but it just feels like it's, they're just more important. Yeah. You know, yeah. you make a choice and you just follow it through till we die, you know, we yeah. get to <laughs> be with Jesus, you know, but yeah. it's, uh, it's good. It's yeah. good. We're very blessed. I God has blessed are. us. We're blessed by our family. We're blessed by the kids and Absolutely. good friends. Mm -hmm. You guys, I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Debbie, you are driven by a keen sense of what is right. Um, it's always been your your it's my true. perception of you that this is right, and so you do it. There is a uh, there's a sequence to to peace that the Bible gives us. It says, "Trust in the Lord." and do the right thing. And then peace comes. Right on. You know, it's not trusting the Lord and get peace, but it's trusting the Lord and do the right thing. Yep. And then peace comes. And you have, you've actually described that over and over in this conversation. Yep. Um, and uh, that is a, that is a unique kind of faith. That's true. Um, you know, and, and one of the, one of the things I've always known about Dean is um, 
there is a keen sense of uh, I'm loyal to the end. I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also a unique kind of faith mm-hmm. um, because sometimes that faith doesn't actually evidence that it's the smartest way to live <laughs> because that's when people go, you're, you're, you're not, uh, you're not loyal back. Um, right. But that's part of what makes you a good father, a good husband, a good pastor and a great friend mm. uh, is that kind of faith, that loyalty that says, Hey, I'm, I'm in it, you know? Uh, I, and, and so those are things that I admire so much. Um, let me ask you this question about the process that you guys are in. You're reliving it. And uh, both of you have had, uh, have had the grace of God pour out your eyes in this conversation. Um why is that so fresh in your spirit still? It's 30 and 24 years later. Um, why does that uh, why does that come right to the surface in you guys? Um, I know why. It's for all the marbles. <laughs> yeah, because of the, it was for all the marbles at that point. The precious, time. the precious uh, gift of two kids. Yeah. That yeah, I'm there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I mean, I, again, Debbie said it so well. We don't have a lot. We we certainly have not pr- prospered <laughs> in the in the worldly way. But man, to to be able to to watch these guys and and their families and um, I always it, tell them we yeah. live vicariously through yeah, them. Yeah, we do because yeah. it's it's amazing just to see what how God's opened up doors in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know that we would have been tickled pink to have three. Yeah, if that had been how it went, but we we would have never known what we know now to have five. Yeah, and then also you know these three grand or uh, daughters in law, and then the grandkids. I mean, this yeah. is an expansion of the decisions. And Zach's Zach's going to be a dad in February, and he's going to get to repeat the. You I was know, just going to ask which one. I didn't want to like out anybody. Oh no, it's <laughs> but, all official now. Like, yeah. Okay, so congratulations, yeah. Zach. So that's Zach and awesome. Crystal are due on Valentine's Day. Oh, that is so good. And that'll be our fifth grand. And there'll be a little boy too. They just found that out. Too. Yep. Yeah. Yesterday confirmed. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Maybe he'll be born with a tattoo. Probably it's not. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so grandma. No, probably not. <laughs> not really. Not today. No, not really. <laughs> oh gosh. I love that. Um, so we stand on the yeses of other people. Love it. We do not, uh, we do not say yes in a vacuum. Uh, and we do not say yes alone. Right. Um, so whose yeses do you guys stand on that have allowed you to follow Jesus the way you do to take courageous steps of bringing people into your home and making them family, uh, to live out, uh, f- almost 42 years of marriage, Whose yeses uh, can you point to and say, it's these people in our lives that that make us say, they help us say yes. Uh, who are those folks? You going? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mentioned already, um, you know, my mom and dad, they set this precedent. Uh, I'm going to let Deb talk about anybody on her side or her family, because I could start naming her, her especially her grandparents, people yeah. that, have been have you know you, you talked about loyalty yeah. these are people our folks my folks and 
and many of the other people in our families who have modeled loyalty, yeah. modeled faithfulness. A little here's how it goes, and um, and and I and and I and I look at that and I watch. I think as I said, we even now look back and we gain we gain through our children's yeses. Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually live out some of that. And when our daughter Courtney and her husband at the time, Bob, when they when their children were taken away mm-hmm. and they were they were four or five weeks away from finalization, it all went downhill. Mm-hmm. Courtney was Courtney was modeling what we had showed. And then and then they showed this amazing tenacity through the trauma that went after that for them. Yeah. And and so um anyway, but I look back, I look at yourself uh, I've had uh, the privilege of having several pastors who were mentors to me, mm. not only professionally, but in life. And I mentioned Mike. Um, there was a guy named John Henry who uh, went to school with us. And then he was a pastor who walked us through the most traumatic church we ever worked at. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've had many. I, I can't even think. I think there was a there's been people all through the, the Bible College president that was at Bible College. Chuck Boatman is his name. And he's still alive. And, and he's he's not a young guy anymore, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I I can I could make a list of people who have poured into my life yeah. that that idea of being faithful and Chuck and his wife at the time she's now passed on they they had a, she lived a, a life of total suffering and they shared that with us mm-hmm. how that went and she uh, had a lot of things that now Debbie is dealing with and yeah. and we learned about tenacity we learned about faithfulness by watching those other families do that. And so that would be, I mean, again, I, I, I could go on, I bet I could say 60, 70 people that we, that we have learned or hundreds of people that we've watched say yes and, and come away with like, we benefited from them, them saying yes. Yeah. 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 I, I watched how they did it. Mike Cook is one for both of us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we can mention a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I think of your friendship with the Dureyes, mm-hmm. uh, just the faithfulness of love that is unconditional between uh, the the whole family, but the four of you. Yeah. Um, wow. That is uh, that is not something that happens in a vacuum. That's mm-hmm. that's standing on each other's yeses. That's, that's pretty right. amazing. So, yeah. Deb, how about you? Whose yeses do you? I mean, I'm standing on those. <laughs> well, start with my grandparents. Uh, they took me in when I was um, my mom was 16, 17 when she had me, and um, they kept me. Uh, they didn't formally adopt me, but but I, I do understand adoption in that regard. We didn't officialize it, but they, they raised me. And then eventually my sister, but my grandpa was a man of God and he totally. was very quiet guy, but um, I got, I did things in my family that no one had ever done. And going to college was first time ever, but he, he would, we used to live uh, about 45 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes away, depending on, you know, weather and stuff. And he would, he never said no. I'd come and say, you know, as a kid, you don't, you don't understand the impact you're going to make on when you ask something, right. You know, but, um, I was involved in tons of stuff at church and, you know, taught. And, um, every time there was a conference, you know, they sent me when, you know, from about the time of, you know, 12, 13 years old on, and he would go literally, I, I look back on this and just, but he would go in and he would take me in and he would sit for, he never once said, I need you to hurry because I'm sitting in the car, but I would go in there and being a kid, you know, not realizing how long this was, but I could be there for a couple, three hours, you know, and mm-hmm. grandpa was sitting out in the car waiting for me. He did. He, I, I remember a, a time in my 
um, before I was 16 that I, I, as I look back, he, he, it, it would could be easily be five nights a week. He would drive me in whatever I'm doing. Never, never once said no. I mean, I didn't even think, you know, but you're your kid. You don't think about things like that, but he would sit and wait. But if it had to do with anything like that, you know, I, he, he would just, he always said, yes. It was like, sure. Of, mm. of course, of course you should go do that. You know? Yeah. And, you know, um, of course, when I was 16, he did buy me a car, <laughs> you know, but, but he never once complained, but he, right. he always encouraged me to, 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 to do, to do my best, you know, whatever, you know, was out there, you know, of course, and they, he and, they, and, they and they were on a very limited income. Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. They, they, they did all this out of, out of frugal. Oh my know? goodness. No kidding. You know, but, and, and then I also, like I said, then, you know, I had a church then come, you know, mm-hmm. alongside me, um, and paid for my first year of college and then eventually um paid for my second year most of my second year of college um, because of some circumstances but you know many people in the church that came alongside Mm. you know just to support and to you know be there and um you know open my world up to things that i had no idea, you know, and God just kind of kept pushing things there. And I just kept doing stuff and saying, yes. And, yeah. you know, I got to do a lot of amazing things in my life and mm. then went to college and then of course met Dean. And then I, you know, of course, then it was kind of, um, we've kind of done it alongside of each other since then, but, uh, anyway, but yeah. anyway, I've had an amazing life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not done yet. I think the power of that question is I've never asked that question uh, to somebody that didn't feel a profound sense of gratitude, Um, being able to just pause and go, wow, you know what? I I did not get here by myself. No, Uh, no. I I got here with the hands of, and the sacrifices of others. Oh, heavens. Yes. Um, And um I always encourage people to go back and find anybody who's still alive mm-hmm. and tell them, thank you. You know, yeah. and, uh, in my mid twenties, eh, maybe a little later, I found everybody who was instrumental in me meeting Jesus uh, from the, the evangelist who was in the church to the pastor who was the past pastor of the church to the man who prayed the prayer with me when I was, well, wow. A little boy i was three and That's a half cool. years old or three just three years old and i found every single one of them and i went back and i said um i was serving with you for christ at the time and yeah. i said hey i just want you to know that your prayers your efforts have not been in vain that's awesome mm-hmm. um and uh the part of why I, I tell that is because um uh, i know of five kids who also stand on uh, your yeses yeah you know and uh what's really fun is every one of them would acknowledge that mm-hmm. um you know from ryan to courtney to tyler to zach and to garen every single one of them would go yeah we kind of do um and it's different yeses you know sure. the the way you know the way that uh, ryan uh, loves right and wrong and justice and clarity. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets that from his mama, you know, and that's such a beautiful thing. You know, it's why, it's why so many people trust him, mm-hmm. you know, and it's why people trust you, Debbie is because 
they're not going to get a, a yes that turns into a no. They're just going to get a yes or mm-hmm. no. And, uh, and I just love those things about you guys. Um, uh, so if somebody's listening today and they say, boy, this question, uh, should we adopt? Uh, should we not adopt? Should we foster? Should we not foster? Um, would you give them just a, a kind of a pro tip on uh, what are some things that they might want to be hearing from God in their prayer life? Mm. That's a tough one because I think it's uh, there are, are choices like this that are not for everybody. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I would just say that um, you, this is not a decision that you should make because the church has a drive to, mm-hmm. and I love churches do that mm-hmm. where they say, you know, let's have adoption time and let's, let's push this and let's get everybody to consider this possibility. Be very sure mm-hmm. that God's the one that's leading you mm-hmm. because, because they can go bad. Things can go really wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, there's a, a child's life at stake mm-hmm. and that's, you can't make a choice like this. And, and not consider the gravity of that. Even you could look at all the emotional side for yourself, and that's huge. I mean, that's part of what we shared on our story yeah. here. But you you have to be able to say the most important question in this is this little child. Mm-hmm. Can I do right by them? Is this God saying yes to this? Mm-hmm. Because once you say yes, you must say yes mm-hmm. forever. There cannot be. Yeah. You can't back down out of this one. Yeah. And so I, I, I guess I would say no for sure. Okay. That God is saying yes to that. And we had, there were skeptics in our life uh, who were like, are you sure about this? But we were, yeah. we were sure that I don't think there was ever a time that we ever thought maybe we shouldn't be doing this. It, it seemed like it was what we knew we should do. Yeah. And, but that I think has a lot to do with the tenacity of getting through it because it was yeah. such a mess for a while. And then of course me and <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny that the way it all went around with, with Garen, but the same thing we we knew within 10, I mean, that not even 10 days, within a day. Yeah. Yes, we'll do this again. And and I mean, with the risk that it could be a disaster yeah. again, you know, and so I just, that would be my advice. You better know the word and the hand of God and you need to know his voice yeah. because if you're going to say yes to this, there's, it is not only a minefield for yourself, but a potential minefield. It could be yeah. beautiful. Like Garen's are the same attorney helped us with both. <laughs> and this is her pronouncement at the day that we finalized Garen's which is the second, the first lawyer, the first lawyer, but yeah, the lady who would help with both. She said, well, you have the dubious honor in our office. That's an adoption (laughs) attorney of having the the worst and the best that we ever had (laughs) the smoothest and the worst. And that's, that's your legacy in our office. We will remember you that way. Would you win for that? (laughs) There you go. Two boys. Two boys. That's right. But anyway, (laughs) but anyway, I just would say that's, that would be my thought is you, you must know this is what God wants you to do. Yeah. I love it. I did. I, you know, I, I have a still in Dean. I don't, I I didn't know if I even remember if he remembered this, but before we got Zach, there was a night that, that God woke me up and said, what if, what if, what if, what if he's not perfect? Mm. what if there's something not right and i had to come to grips with that you know it didn't cross my mind that if i had a child that wasn't perfect that we would do anything other than love it 
yeah. love him or her, him or her their whole life, no matter, take whatever game. Mm-hmm. But I had to, um, but God brought that to my mind that night. And I stayed mm-hmm. awake for a long time wrestling with that idea that when, you know, is it different, you know, do you, you know, how, how would this work in my mind? I mean, what would my choice be? And I, I had to really come to grips with that, that it's the same, it's the same, you know, but, but it's real. It's a real thing. If you can't know that it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that you're going to love that child, no matter if he comes from your flesh or someone else's, Mm -hmm. it's still a child of God. And so, but God had to bring that to me that night Mm. to just to, to come to grips with that, you know? And so I, you know, I guess I would just say the same as Dean did really. It's like, you gotta know that you're in from the very moment that you have the opportunity. And if you're not, it's not a, you just shouldn't do it. It's It's not embarrassing. That's not what God has for you, but you can't, not decide at some point down the road. That's what unconditional love is. It's like, I love you no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter, you know, what problems come your way that we're going to be here for you. We're going to support you. We're going to love on you. We're going to be your biggest cheerleader. We're going to help you walk through those hard days. Mm. Just like we have people in our life that helped us work through those, through our hard days. I mean, we all have friends when we get older, but when you have, when you're a child, you have parents, parents walk through hard days with you. And so as long as you can say, you know, a thousand percent that you're, you're ready to do that and you will do that no matter what, then, Mm. you know, just make sure that you're ready. Man, that is so good. I I think, um, uh, I know your story well enough to know that you were all in and you were ready to say yes, no matter what comes. Your yes did not change, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was easy or difficult. Right. Um, and that's what it means to be all in. So I want to just say uh, thank you as we wrap this up uh, for just sharing that story again, for taking the time out of your your evening to uh, to sit with me. Uh, mm-hmm. I love seeing your faces and I wish, <laughs> wish I could hug you both. Uh, yeah, thank you. But, I am incredibly grateful for the example of Jesus's love that you've been to me um, as you have loved your friend, uh, your, your kids, but also just as you've loved me. Um, one of the things that, uh, that we tell parents all the time is that your children are not your legacy. They're your heritage. Yeah, um, nobody puts their legacy on anyone with free will, not even God. Mm-hmm. Um, and the behavior of our kids has never been our legacy. That's right. Um, but the the legacy of every good mother and father is 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 that you know the walk and the gate of your kids from a distance, and you know what to bring them, uh, yeah. no matter where they're from. And That's good. It's a ring, a robe, a, a fatted calf, uh, <laughs> a, a smoked a smoked brisket uh, for Ryan, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, I just think that you guys are modeling um, what the legacy of a parent is. Um, That's really kind. Thank you. And so I really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with uh, just, um, uh, is there is there a way that Dean, you could just pray us out of here for families that are going through the journey, who are thinking about it? 
Uh, would you do that for us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Father, just knowing um, that there are many who are listening maybe today to our story, knowing that this is on their heart, um, I pray strongly, Lord, that you would confirm or or explain it to them that this is not what you want, that there would be no doubt in their mind one way or the other, and that they would make the decision to, um, like Abraham did when, he is, when you told him just to pack up his stuff and go that direction, I'll let you know when you get there. Mm-hmm that they would realize that's what you're saying. We're not, we're not promised Lord, that it's going to be easy. uh, If we say yes. So I pray over them and Lord, I pray stories will come maybe five, 10 years from now where these families listened to Leonard's podcast and decided to go with this because that's what you showed them. And they have amazing stories to tell about great children and, and uh, stories that have maybe a big journey in them that is unexpected or maybe even difficult, but they would say yes and say, this is, this is what you said to do. So we're doing it no matter what. And that's what we hope for in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Say Yes and Become. Next week, we're going to hear from another family that has made the decision uh, to bring kids and give them place. Uh, It's one of the first things God did was he gave Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. a place. It was Mm -hmm. called a garden and uh, it models the generosity of God. So thanks again, Dean and Debbie. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you again next time. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Abigail Moore, the Transitional Living Coordinator with Foster 180. Did you know that we all innately possess the seed of resilience? This is the ability to not only recover, but to also advance despite adverse experiences. It's something that everyone has the ability to achieve, even when one has faced hardship, but you can't do it alone. Just like a seed needs water, sunlight, and soil to grow and mature, resilience has some requirements as well. The first is healthy attachments. An example of how Foster 180 helps facilitate this is through our partnership with SOAR. It's a grassroots organization seeking to make an impact on youth across Wilson County with personal positive influences through a mentor relationship. Self-regulation is also necessary in order to achieve resilience. And we teach this through various interactive activities at Camp Togo. One more vital piece is protection. When people, organizations, and communities are educated and choose to offer trauma-informed care, we are better equipped to recognize the signs of trauma and to respond and protect those involved from getting re-traumatized. It's Foster 180's desire to have a facility where we help families learn and practice these components of building resilience with foster and bio parents. If you have any questions or are interested in supporting Foster 180, please contact us at www.foster180.com. That's www.foster180.com.